And welcome back to another episode of Extreme Voltage. My name is Dean Melkonian, and we're going to be discussing the Chargers quarterback room today, analyzing and breaking down our starter, Tyrod Taylor, and talking about our exciting first-round draft pick, Justin Herbert. But before we get started, I want to talk about a little bit of NFL news the last few weeks, some contract numbers and some good signings. Let's break it down with that. Uh, we're talking initially right now contracts. And we discussed the Patrick Mahomes contract last time. Uh, talked about Cam Newton going to the Patriots. If you missed that, please catch that as well. Want to go ahead and catch up everybody on what's been happening around the league and what my take is on this. Uh, Derrick Henry, your running back for the Tennessee Titans, signed a mega contract. I say mega because running backs, you know, now it's like they don't get paid. Well, he got paid. Four years, $50 million. That's a nice payday. And you know what? He's going to get paid because he's a special back. He is a bruiser. He's that back that's going to carry that ball 25, 30 times a game, and he's going to damage the defense. Four years, $50 million, good contract for him, and he's getting paid, which is good for running backs. Of course, Miles Garrett got paid a couple weeks ago on a five-year, $125 million deal. And we will talk about the Joey Bosa contract that blew that out of the water. Five-year extension, $135 million, $78 million guaranteed, 102 in four years. He is going to make some great money. He's only 25 years old coming in this year in his fifth year, and this cat is going to do some great things for the Chargers. I should say continue doing great things for the Chargers. You know, I've been hearing some media outlets out there and, you know, sports talk shows and so forth, talking football and you know, they, they kind of they kind of downplay Bosa, and, and they say, well, you know, you got Melvin Ingram next to him, and you got a really nice uh, secondary back there, and, and, you know, they got a good D-line, pretty good D-line, and, and that's why he's getting most of his stuff, and, and people don't maybe pay as much attention to him, and Miles Garrett might be the, the better cat to get now, and maybe his contract is, is worth it more than, than Bosa. You know, I'm not going to dog any player. I really don't, because they play NFL football, and they're talented enough to do it, uh, but you know what? Don't, don't dog Bosa. He plays uh, the pass. He plays the run. He does the dirty work out there. And, hey, you know what? He's only 25. He's only going to get better. Uh, the kid's a stud. And, I'm, and the Chargers had to sign him. Uh, you cannot have somebody walk away. Uh, you didn't want this guy sitting out either. Tom Telesco, credit him, hats off, signed him. Knew what he was going to get into, at least a $27 million a year project with this. So he, uh, the Chargers did it. They, they wrapped up a franchise player, which, which we love to see. Uh, so Joey Bosa, great news with him. Hunter Henry, of course, did not uh, have any further negotiation. At least I should say they might have negotiated, but nothing came out of that. He's playing on his one-year tender uh, or the one-year uh, franchise, uh, and that's going to be worth over $11 million. And that's okay, and, and I can see why that's happening. Look, they love Hunter Henry. We love Hunter Henry. We know it. But Hunter knows it. The Chargers know it. The NFL knows it. You can't give a guy a four-year contract. A guy who has been injured consistently every year. It is not his fault, right? Injuries happen, not your fault. However, there's a track record. You cannot just pay everybody you love or the potential they're going to have. Unfortunately, the track record of injuries, severe injuries, uh, season-ending injuries, limited amount of playing injuries, that takes a toll. Great job of the Chargers right now. Get that one-year contract in. I would have loved to see a two- or three-year contract. That would have been nice, too. But look, you got to make sure the kid's going to get through it the right way throughout the year, okay? Little bangs and bruises and nags, I get that. But he's been hurt a lot throughout his career. want to make sure he has a nice nice season, uh, healthy, free, relatively healthy, free season. And at that time, renegotiate 
open up the doors. I'm sure the guy doesn't want to leave here. I'm sure he wants to continue playing in, in L.A. Let's see what happens then. So good job on that front. They paid the guy the right amount, and which they had to for a nice franchise fee, uh, one of the highest-paid tight ends in the league, um, and, and worth it. Let's just see how healthy he's going to stay, hopefully, for the Chargers. You know, as you heard, Jamal Adams uh, got that big trade after uh, after you know moaning and groaning about about New York. I got to tell you, back in the old days, in the '80s and, and '90s, you know, you bitched and groaned about not wanting to play on a team. You got stuck playing on that team. Either you played, or or you're just sitting on the bench. Ask Marcus Allen years ago with Al Davis and the Raiders. I don't like it. I don't like the fact that you can get on Twitter, you can get on your social media box, and and get on the news and say I don't like this guy and that guy. I don't like the coach and. This, that, and you know what? You get a free ticket out of there. Tell you what, though. The Jets uh, did the right thing. I like Jamal Adams a lot. He is a great player to watch, and I, I enjoy him. But you can't have people like this dictate to your team what they're going to do. Uh, that He's a leader on that team. And by doing that, all you're showing everybody else is, hey, get a free ride out of here. You can bitch and groan, and they'll do this. They'll do-. No, they're not. They're going to get you out of here. Okay, which they did. Congratulations. You went to Seattle. Great team. Good for you. Um, they're going to get paid uh, two first-round draft picks. I believe another third-round draft pick. They're going to get well compensated for Jamal Adams. Now, are we guaranteed those first-round picks are going to be Jamal Adams worthy? Are they going to get a safety of that caliber? Are they going to get another player of that caliber? We don't know. You know, we don't know. It's, it's the draft. You know, it's, it's, it's a lottery pick, right? However, you're not going to put that much money into a guy. He's going to get at least $15 million a year for a, a contract next year, right? Uh, Seattle hasn't even uh, restructured anything yet with him. Um, he's getting ready to get paid. Do you want to put that kind of money on somebody that's going to mad dog you? You're not. You're not going to do it. Uh, no matter how good he is, you can't have a cancerous voice on that team. And that's what Jamal Adams, unfortunately, was becoming. And Adam Gase and the crew did the right thing. And they went ahead and, and traded him to Seattle in Seattle. Great job for you guys, man, picking up players. You're giving up some future, but you're picking up some, some great players for a nice run in that NFC West. Next up is going to be Keenan Allen. Don't be surprised. Next year, that's going to be the focus. Uh, contract with expiring this year. Um, he's going to be looking at getting paid with the Chargers, and that's going to be a big one to watch. It's going to be a good year for him to watch, and it, he's going to have to do it's his first year without Phillip Rivers. And... You know, some fantasy football guys will say, oh, he's going to lose touches. He's going he's to lose all those 80 or 90 uh, receptions per year. That cat performs, man. And I'm, and I'm, I'm excited to see what, what Tyrod Taylor is going to do with him. And I think with the passing attack they're going to provide, I think that's going to be fun to watch. And I think it's a career year for him. And it needs to be. Uh, he needs to get a strong contract next year. He, he's a clutch, clutch player. He's a big target that runs precise routes. And he'll destroy you. You can be a 4-3, uh, 40 cornerback, but he's going to destroy you those route running and his length and his hands and his, his quickness. Uh, the speed's not going to get you, but his quickness will. And that will destroy a good defense. And, and he does that. He finds the pockets. He finds the little windows and area. And he'll sit. He'll exploit. He'll do a double move on you and at least expect it. And he'll make that, that catch downfield or upfield and, and get that first down or touchdown for you. So... Keenan Allen will be the next guy getting paid uh, as soon as this thing is, is, is coming to a, a close here. At the end of this year, you'll see that Keenan Allen signing happening. Today, we're going to be discussing the Chargers quarterback room. That's right. Uh, number 17 is no longer there, as you know very well. Kind of heartbreaking to see. He's with the Indianapolis Colts now, and good for him. He'll do very well with that line and those skilled players they have in that running game. But it's all about the Chargers right now. 
And the new leader behind that center is number five, Tyrod Taylor. And it's going to be fun to watch him. And I think some of you guys, I don't know if you've really uh, knew Tyrod when he played in Buffalo or really seen what he, he's done and accomplished in Buffalo. You might have just seen his latter year, that one year he was in Cleveland, and he was battered and bruised, got that concussion, he was knocked out, injured, and, and here comes Baker Mayfield, and, and there goes Tyrod, and he was done with, and didn't see much of him. Um, he is a cat that can play. And this is a connection with Anthony Lynn back when, when Anthony was, uh, was with the Buffalo Bills uh, initially as their running backs coach and then moved over as their OC for a little while. And I know there's a big love for uh, and respect for Tyrod Taylor and what he can do in this kind of offense. And this kind of offense is going to be one that really is suited for his type of gameplay. The best way I can describe Tyrod Taylor's gameplay is literally – uh, a stud point guard in basketball. And if you guys are basketball fans, you know, you get that point guard who's not a, who's not a ball hog. He's the one that's going to distribute passes and get to the right guy, get down to your big guy, um, you know, pass it out to your shooting guard. And if he has to do it, he'll take the three, he'll take the two. That's Tyrod Taylor. He's going to make the best of his opportunity. He's not going to go in saying, I'm going to throw this ball 30 yards downfield right now. Boom. I'm going to throw this ball 50 yards. I'm going to go and hand it off right now. He's the kind of quarterback that's going to say, okay, what do I have? What's around me? What's my option one? What's my option two? Maybe I'll go to option three. I'm going to take off running. Uh, That's the quarterback you have. Now on third and seven, it's no longer just a pass. It could be a scramble pass. It could be a scramble run. Uh, There's a lot of things that's going to be going on here. This offense is going to be changing, and that's going to be the fun element. Do we know how great Tyrod's going to do this year? We don't. But here's some, uh, some numbers Thanks to both resource I have with Pro Football Reference and Pro Football Focus, I'm going to bring out some numbers for you guys and, and see what you think. Look, he's a running quarterback, and I love that. You know, we call it running quarterback these days. Some people don't like that term, but he is. He's a dual threat, right? Uh, this is your new breed of quarterback, um, and it, they're the athletic kids that are coming out that can do both elements of the game very well. They can pass the ball uh, exceptionally well. They're accurate. Uh, the best ones I'm talking about. They're accurate. Uh, they, they, their knowledge of the game and knowledge of defenses are there. Their vision is exemplary where they know where the ball should go to at this opportune time. And they're the cats that know if everything else is broke, broken down and they got hat on a hat. All the receivers are covered downfield. The running back's covered and, and bottled up by a linebacker. There's really nowhere else to go with the ball except throw downfield or throw it down to the ground. He's going to take off. He's going to get two or three yards on you, and he's going to make that two, three-yard gain maybe a 10- or 15-yard gain or go out of bounds and play the next down. But he's going to gain some yardage on you, and you're going to hate it because now you have to play 11-on-11, 11 11, and you can't just have him sit back there like a statue. It's going to be 11-on-11, 11 11, and when you have that, there's going to be a mismatch. When you have that, there's going to be a mismatch, and somebody's going to get open. And not everyone can cover everyone. Uh, for a length of time, especially when a quarterback can scramble back there and give you, what, three and a half, four seconds, maybe even four and a half seconds by scrambling, now you're exposed. And that's what I think, potentially, if everything goes well, that's what Tyrod can bring to you. Here's some rushing numbers on Tyrod. Uh, 2015, 16, and 17 were some excellent years for Tyrod uh, in Buffalo. Here's some numbers, uh, thanks to Pro Football Reference and Pro Football Focus. 2015, 568 yards four touchdowns. 2016, he had 580 yards with six touchdowns. And then 2017, he came back with another 427 yards rushing 
with four touchdowns. These are his rushing numbers. Basically, those three years, he combined for over uh, 1,400 yards of, of rushing with 14 touchdowns for those three-year period. Uh, so he has that element, and that's going to be destructive. Uh, Passing-wise, here's what you get with Tyrod. He's not going to pass 40 or 50 times a game. That's not his style. You're not going to get 30 times a game. Your best resource, I think, with Taylor is he's going to pass for, what, 18 to 24 times a game, maybe 25 to 26 at the most. That's what you want. You want a balanced offense, right? If you know the guy's going to be back there throwing 35, 40 times, okay, that's, that's what kind of quarterback you have, and that's what you're going to deal with. You're going to deal with some more interceptions too because the amount of ball or the time you're throwing that ball in the air, there's going to be times where it's going to get picked. It just It's the numbers game, right? You throw for this many attempts, yes, you'll have probably more touchdowns through the air, but you're guaranteed to get some interceptions on there as well. So it's going to happen. Here's some numbers for him passing-wise. Again, we're going to go back to 2015 through 2017 and give you some numbers. 2015, he threw 380 times, connecting on 242 with 20 touchdowns and only six interceptions. 2016, he came back. Uh, He had 269 completions out of 436 with 17 touchdowns and six picks. And then 2017 in Cleveland, he finished out with 263 completions out of 420 attempts which was 14 touchdowns and, again, only four interceptions. And his, his rating in regards to that for pro football focus was a 77 in 2015. And that 77 is actually number nine quarterback out of 38. In 2016, his grade was 75.6, which made him the 14th quarterback out of 34. And in 2017, uh, his rating was 77 once again, 13th quarterback rated over the uh, top 39 quarterbacks. So, yeah, he's he's on that tier. If I had told you where would you rank Tara Taylor, I know you'd go bo- probably bottom half. But he's he's showing you that given the opportunity, playmakers around him, some protection, he's going to perform. And if you look back at those Buffalo teams in 15, 16, 17, I can't even remember the receivers they had back there. I don't remember who the receivers were. So, or even the skill positions around him. But I think that the Charger team you're seeing in 2020, Austin Eckler from the backfield, uh, Josh Kelly out of the backfield, Hunter Henry as your tight end, you got Mike Williams, you got Keenan Allen uh, going out there as your receivers, uh, you're going to have some threats around the field. And I know that's going to give him a lot of opportunity to distribute. And I think those numbers will be consistent. So I'm, I'm t- based on the history of what we've seen with Tyrod, he stays healthy He's on a team that they are dependent upon him saying, hey, you're our guy. You don't got to look back each time um, uh, for anybody else coming in, okay? Because I know we drafted somebody really, really super high, but this is your team right now. You do what you want. This isn't the Eli Manning situation, okay? This isn't a situation that, hey, we're going to start you, but, you know, you do this, you do that, you're going to get, it's going to be a quick hook, and you're going to get the kid coming in, right? This is not the case. I could be completely wrong, right? This is not the case. The Chargers, Anthony Lynn and the crew, they're fine staying with, with Tara Taylor this year. They're going to say, look, let's, care, let's see what he can do. He's a 31-year-old veteran who's played very well in this league. He's had his ups and downs, right? Here are some things we can work on to get him better. Let's keep him injury-free. And he doesn't have a history of major injuries, you know, Concussions happen. Uh, let's keep him relatively injury-free and not banged up. Let's give him the distribution he needs. 
Let, let's make him effective point guard. And I think that Charger offense is going to be impactful and even more so problematic to a lot of defenses because now you've got the Lamar Jackson um, and Patrick Mahomes factor. Am I saying he's as good as Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes? I'm not saying that. I'm telling you that it's the same factor, okay? Of course, Lamar Jackson's speed is way above what Tyrod's going to have, okay? That's a whole different dimension. Uh, of course, uh, Patrick Mahomes has that arm strength and that magic and what he performs as he scrambles or, or even throws the ball from the pocket. Absolutely. I'm not giving uh, Tyrod that same amount of quality. However, I'm saying he can perform the same way with the weapons around him, and you do that, you're scoring points. Just as importantly, you're keeping the ball with you and not with the other jersey, okay? Because we've seen what happens when you're not very careful with that ball. The turnovers, if you look back at last year's games and seen how close those misses were and you saw all those interceptions that were occurring, and we, I'm not blaming Phillip Rivers per se. That is a line issue. It's his game. He stays back there and he throws the ball. He's a traditional pocket quarterback that he can move around the pocket if he needs to, but he's a traditional pocket passer. And if you're getting pounded, you're going to throw picks. Okay, you're going to rush it. And you're going to throw picks because that's all your options are. Here, it's a more fluid, dynamic, faster basketball game going on a football field. And you're able to have a little more options with a run option, uh, uh, RPOs, and just spacing and delivery. And I think because of, because of that, I think Tarad will have success. The only area where we've seen Tarad uh, struggle in it's going to be in plus territory, or at least I should say plus positioning, where it's third and 11, third and nine, uh, third and sixes, where sometimes it's coming at you, and it's a, it's a doer or die down. Tyrod has to prove that he can handle those kind of stress downs, money downs, uh, red zone uh, efficiency to make sure that he's performing, getting first downs, getting the ball down the field, making the smart move, throwing the ball away if need be, running for that first down. He's got to perform where the chips are down. And that's the biggest question mark we'll see is how well can he do that? He'll be tested early, so we'll see that happening. And hopefully he gets better as he goes throughout the year because obviously you're getting more comfortable with your offense and you're getting that that connection going. Um, we'll see. And I think that's the biggest question that, you'll, that we're all looking at is how fast – can he perform successfully with this team? So Tyrod's your guy. Like it or not, they had a chance to get Cam Newton. We talked about Cam Newton last time. Please listen to it if you want. See what my breakdown was on that. They made the right choice by sticking with Tyrod Taylor. Let's see in September and October what's happening at that, that, that time frame. But as of now, I like what they've done. They have faith in him. He's athletic. He's, uh, he's ready to go. And he's got a good head on his shoulders, and he is not going to throw picks. He is not going to give up that ball, and that's key. Justin Herbert was our first-round selection out of the University of Oregon just a few months ago uh, for the LA Chargers. Now, with that, you're going to get a four-year starter that put put up some great numbers in college football uh, in that Pac-12 conference, and he culminated that with a uh, Pac-12 championship and an MVP in the Senior Bowl. Uh, so he is coming back here with some great, uh, great uh, data to back him up. Now, how is he going to transition 
to becoming an NFL quarterback, that's going to be the topic we're going to discuss today. Give you some numbers and kind of look in the future of what, what's going on with him. Currently at training camp, he is impressing. He's running with the seconds and thirds, obviously, and you really can't get a great showcase of that. But just getting comfortable on that end is a good sign. If he was having problems or being challenged by second and thirds, you'd be a little more worried than usual. But again, he's, he's a rookie quarterback, so you can take that with a grain of salt. Um, but him getting exposed to our first uh, defense in training camp is only going to make him better, especially at Bosa, Ingram coming off the line, um, especially with, the, with that secondary with Hayward and Chris Davis and Desmond and, and of course, Derwin James back there. Uh, that's impressive. You play against that in a training camp capacity and get to see that speed and that skill set uh, that you're fighting against, I think that's going to prep you up for some good football. So right now, the positive news is good in regards to training camp the last two weeks here uh, from Justin Herbert. Again, it's only going against the seconds and thirds right now, not as much with the first. So we'll see how that uh, goes by as we go. But let's break it down a little bit. Let's talk about Justin Herbert. Let me tell you some numbers. Let me give you some data so we can talk about. Justin Herbert had a phenomenal four-year career in Oregon. Uh, four years He attempted 1,293 passes, completing 827 of those, which gives us a 64% uh, accuracy percentage for completion. Uh, Over 10,500 yards in his four-year career for passing, 8.2 yards per pass attempt, 95 touchdowns, and 23 interceptions, which results in 153.1 percentage quarterback rating. So good work. Really phenomenal stats to work with. Uh, did a really good job rushing-wise. As you know, the kid is fast. He has really good feet for a, for a big guy, very athletic. Here's what he did on in rushing. Four-year career, 560 yards on 231 attempts, which is about two and a half uh, average, two and a half yards average, 13 touchdowns in four years. Um, and that's what he had on that end as well. So he is a dual threat and he can bring it as we're seeing it. Now, Justin Herbert is a different cat. I think what you're seeing now, uh, like we talked about, good intelligence, actually even above average intelligence regards to how he's grasping everything. The kid's a smart, smart, smart student of the game. So that's not an issue at all, and that's such an important factor to have. Of course, in front of him is Tyrod Taylor. He's going to be learning from one of the best in regards to uh, how to minimize interceptions. Um, Tyrod, like we talked about, has that pedigree of playing in this league as a starter, and now he's going to be able to watch somebody handle that um, that complexity. So it's a good person to watch and observe. I would have loved it if Philip Rivers was there just to get that experience of, of Rivers in front of him. That would have been cool. I think that would have been a really nice uh experience for Justin Herbert to get in his system for at least a year or two before he, he jumped in on it. But it didn't work out that way, but that's okay. Tara's a classy quarterback that will pull the reins this year, and I think Justin will still have a very um, good environment to work under. I think that's a good thing. So Justin Herbert this year, again, you know, the pundits are going to say he's going to be out there within four or five, six games. That's what we keep hearing, right? And, of course, we want to see it because he's our first-round pick and he's the franchise, you know, Tyra's the bridge, and we, we get all that, right? However, I'm still, in my opinion, I think the Chargers don't want it to be a bridge that quickly. Of course it's a transition. Of course Herbert's going to be your guy. At least we'll be given the chance to be the guy. 
He's been drafted to do so. So that's not even a, a dream. It's, it's, it's going to happen. His, his effort will be there. They're going to provide him with that mantle. Okay? And that's fine. But I'm going to tell you right now, I think Tyrod is given a chance to play for the duration of this year. And if he's doing well, they're going to stick with him. On top of that, if he stumbles, I don't think it's a quick hook. I think they're going to keep working for a little bit to make sure that this team, with the veterans they have around them, and you can look to see the veterans they've added, Brian Bulaga, Chris Davis, uh, what you have around you is some veterans, and they don't want to go immediately to, immediately to a rookie quarterback. They're ready to win with, with Tyrod, and I know that they believe they can win with Tyrod. So that's the key. We're going to see Herbert, right? But I don't think it's a quick fix. It's not a quick hook, I should say. And don't be surprised if you see Tyrod. And if the Chargers are winning, Tyrod's staying. And he's going to continue playing for him. Because that, right now, is your best chance to win. Because you put Herbert in there, yeah, with all the great attributes he's bringing in, he's a rookie quarterback. And it's tough to be a rookie quarterback in this league playing out there. Uh, Russell Wilson did a great job of it when he, he came in, and that's kind of phenomenal. You only don't, don't see that too often. Don't forget, Patrick Mahomes was not a rookie uh, when he came in and did what he did, he did a couple of years ago. He had that one year behind Alex Smith. Uh, so it's not, a, it's not a quickie, right? You're going to have to build up to that. And I think our best bet right now for the Chargers is to keep molding him, to keep working him, to build around him, to let him have those mental reps, get the physical reps in practice, obviously, and learn behind Tyrod. And look, if it gets bad, he's going to be in there, right? He'll be in there sooner than later if it's bad. And you're hoping as a Charger fan it's not bad. Let, let Tyrod go and let him, let him do his thing. Because if he takes you to 9 or 10 or 11 wins and we're knocking at the door on that seventh playoff spot, yes, you heard it correctly, you know this, this year there's seven spots to be had, right? A third wild card. You got that uh, going for you. You let it roll. You let this man roll with it and let Herbert soak it all in and continue from there. Uh, I'm excited to see Herbert. I think he's going to be a phenomenal player. Uh, the biggest issue is the leadership act, uh, point of it. He's not a rah-rah guy. So you're getting the 180 of Phillip Rivers, right? Rivers was in everybody's face, the D-line's face, the referee's face, uh, you name it, the receiver's face. He was out there on DB's face. He would, I, I love, you know, I, I think we love Phillip Rivers for that aspect, right? Some guys knocked him for that, especially people from the opposing team. Fans of opposing teams hated Rivers because he had that in-your-face attitude. He was, a, he was a pit bull. He would go after you, right? Um, I love that. As a football fan, uh, as a fan of that team, a fan of sports, a fan of being competitive, you want to see your quarterback uh, pissed off. You want to see your quarterback take it personally, and you want to see your quarterback out there uh, taking on a challenge and not, and not backing away. Um, Herbert's emotionally not, not built that way. Um, will it change? As long as it's natural, uh, great. Don't be somebody you're not. And I don't want to see somebody faking it out there. You don't want to see somebody faking out there. Don't be anybody else but you. And if he's a quiet leader and he gets stuff done that way, that's cool. Do, your, do what works for you. Don't be somebody else, right? And I, I get a little upset sometimes when I listen to some shows and they expect a leader to fit one way. One size fits all leadership. Got to be a rah-rah. Got to be talking more. Got to do this. No, no, you don't. Uh, I watched Joe Montana. 
And Joe Montana was one of the best, okay? And he was not that guy. He didn't rah-rah you. He didn't slap you on the top of the helmet. He didn't go out after you. He was quite, you almost thought he was bored throughout the whole game. Because you, you hardly see any emotional uh, effects coming out of him at all. You heard, heard, hardly ever heard anything from him. He was a boring interview. He was the most boring interview you would hear throughout the whole week in the Bay Area about a, about a football game coming up. He seemed disinterested. But when the lights came on, uh, he made it work. And he was phenomenal. And his team loved him. The players around him respected him. So be careful how some people paint that picture of not being a good leader. Because I think people have different um, personas or ideals of what they believe a, a leader sounds or looks like. Well, this he's a different cat. Everyone, Tarot Taylor is going to be a different, he's going to be a leader. He's a different leader than Philip. Just like Justin will be a different leader than Philip or Tyrod. Doesn't mean they're worse off or better off or what have you. We'll see that on the field. We'll see that with his players around him. We'll see that in the, in the clubhouse. Um, we'll see that in, in, in wins or losses, quite honestly. Uh, we'll see the reactions of it. But at, at that same time, be careful. The one size doesn't fit all. And another thing, you're, you're not born a leader, right? Yeah, you have to go through experiences, uh, good and bad, to build those leadership qualities around you. And I know I'm harping on this topic a little too long, but it's really, really important to note just some guy coming in as a rookie uh, isn't what he's going to be five years from now. Not just the way he plays, but just the way he is in regards to being on the field, in the clubhouse, with his teammates, with coaches. So give, give that time for these players to become who they're going to potentially be. So I'm really excited about Justin Herbert. I think he's going to do a great job. Uh, let's not forget about Easton Stick. He was our draft pick last year, fifth round selection out of North Dakota State. That's right, the same North Dakota State that Carson Wentz came from. Easton Stick had an excellent college career backing up Carson Wentz. He took over. He's got a number of championships there as well. Uh, he's a good-looking kid, 6'1", 224, good size on him. He can run the ball as well. And if you saw the preseason games last year, uh, run around back there, same type of athletic player as Tyrod Taylor. So you're getting the same kind of quarterback, which I absolutely love because now your offense isn't switching from one format to another. He's the same guy, younger version. Obviously, we don't know how much he can perform in the NFL, but based on what I saw last year as a fifth-round choice, I like this kid a lot. I want to see more of him. I'm so upset we lost preseason this year. I really am. I really, really wanted to see how Easton Stick was going to play. We got a brand new quarterback in, fresh quarterback from Oregon. He's got to be the main guy. I get that. But do not be surprised whatsoever if your number two quarterback this year in 2020 for the Chargers will be Easton Stick. He's got a year experience underneath his belt, real experience. He's played in those preseason games, right? Um, he's been in the system. He's gotten bigger after he got in there, stronger, absolutely. Uh, he's your second-string quarterback, okay? And from there, um, I think you're going to see some good stuff with him. And, you know, I can almost see him as a utility player as well. Um, and I think that's something to look at. Uh, he, he can do a lot more things. He's great on his feet. Like I said, it's a great second quarterback to have. It's always nice to have a team where your number one and your number two are very similar in style when it comes to quarterback play. It makes, it makes the offensive coordinator's job much, much easier. 
That should do it for us as we broke down the quarterback room for the LA Chargers in 2020. Join us next time. We're going to be discussing the receivers and the tight ends for this year. Training camp is fully on the way and want to give you more updates as well. We want to thank Behind the Glass, Tyrell, Mad Dog, Wiggins for taking care of us today, making us sound pretty decent. We want to thank our music. Compliments of Kevin McLeod for Strength of the Titans and the Ice Giants. Thank you so much. Keep catching us. We are on Instagram, Extreme Voltage Podcast. Catch us on Twitter as well for Extreme Voltage. Email us any thoughts you might have at extremevoltage at gmail.com. My name is D. Melconian. Until next time, we shall see you.